Hello everyone, my name is DJ and this is Dragging the Table, the podcast that started about nothing and then almost became something and then kind of fell back into nothing again. But, you know, it it's still technically new. Like, I think I've done, this will be episode 20, I think, or 19, something like that. <clears throat> there are people that have uh, host, co-hosts that don't last 19 or 20 episodes. So, granted, mine aren't that long. But, you know, I... <clears throat> I'll probably cut that cough out. Or not. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I've been... I've been trying to think about what I want to do with this show, and I honestly don't know. I don't know if people like hearing about my past, but... Man, I promised a bummer this week, and I wish I hadn't, because... I don't know. I don't mind telling the story, but god dang, man. It's it's not gonna... It's not a feel-good. It's definitely not a feel-good. Um, so when I was like... I want to say 13 or 14-ish. Yeah, that sounds right. I was like 13 or 14. And uh, I woke up one day to my mom screaming. Uh, It was a school day. I don't remember exactly what day it was. But she's like screaming at me something that I can't understand. And we had to call the fire department or 911 or something. I don't know who we called. Or I don't know who was called, because I didn't call anybody. But the fire department is who showed up first. And I remember them being gigantic. Like, my house seemed normal size until these firemen came in. And they were huge. They practically had to freaking squat over just to walk down the hall to get to my dad's room. And, uh, well, my parents' room. And, um... So yeah, the ambulance got there, they ended up having to take my dad to the hospital, and it wasn't until later that I found out that he, I don't know what kind of pills, but he had taken just a bottle of pills and tried to kill himself, and got pretty close. Like, he got pretty close. Uh, But one thing they don't tell you about, I guess, in uh, pill kill school is... You don't just take all the pills and then fall asleep and then just stay asleep. Uh, Apparently, your body doesn't want to die. Like, your body's pretty stupid, but it does know one thing. It wants to stay alive. So, at some point, like, he started making all these crazy noises during the night, and that's what woke up my mom and initially got her to be like, something's amiss. Now, I don't know if she actually saw a bottle of pills or what, To know that, you know, that's what he tried to do, but at the very least she knew that he was in distress, so that's why she was freaking out. And, uh, so my dad ended up in the hospital, never spoke to him ever again. Uh, he, not because he wasn't around for a little while longer, but because he just, like, so, here's the weird part about my dad dying the way that he did, and, and, under the circumstances that he did, is that what I was told, I don't know that I necessarily believe, because again, I was a young kid, and a lot of the information I got wasn't even really first-hand. And it wasn't even... The stuff that I got was second and third-hand, and it was way after the fact. So, 
if anything I say doesn't seem to make sense, it's I, I'm with you. So, apparently, when my dad went into... Okay, by the way, one of the one other tidbit you should have is my dad, since I was like, I want to say like 9 or 10, well, I don't know how long he actually had it, but he didn't start showing signs of having multiple sclerosis until I was like 9 or 10. And he first, at first he had to walk with a cane, uh, and then he had to walk with a walker, and eventually just in a wheelchair, and then it was just too much to even really leave the house very much. And, uh, so, and you know, everything was what, what, whatever this story isn't about me. So he is in the hospital and they pump his stomach and while he's in ICU, I guess, um, he catches pneumonia because I guess because the, I don't know, because of, that's the thing is I just don't know. All I can do is kind of speculate. They just said that while he was in ICU recovering, he caught pneumonia and, um, it got to the point to where he just was not going to recover from that. And, uh, he got to, uh, he had to end up coming home. Uh, but we had to clear out all the stuff in our living room to put a hospital bed. And we had hospice come in for like a couple of weeks. And what was it? He ended up, uh, I feel like I'm skipping a bunch of stuff, but I'm just, I don't know. I haven't told this story in so long. Um, so, okay, let's go back a little bit. So when he was in some time between getting into ICU and coming home, uh, I went to the hospital to like try and talk to him and he couldn't, he couldn't speak at all. He had like tubes down his throat and he, uh, couldn't even really like, he could acknowledge people were there and like, but it, it was nothing like, I don't know how to describe it. Like he couldn't even really affirm or deny, deny, is that the right word? He couldn't like, how do I say it? So I'll say it like this. So a couple of weeks before all of this happened, uh, like I told you, had MS, uh, couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. And me being a 14, 13 year old kid, however old I was, um, you know, I was a, I was a young boy trying to become a young man. And, uh, I, it was becoming more and more apparent to me that, you know, the, what was going on in my life was not normal. You know, you just think things are normal and they're just not like crazy, like crazy. They're not, well, it's not normal that you have to like, you know, basically, be the muscle in your house for your dad from age 10 on. Uh, because I would have to like, I couldn't do anything after school. I couldn't really hang out with people because my mom wasn't strong enough to basically manhandle my dad from the bed to the wheelchair and from the wheelchair to his chair out in the living room and then into the bathroom and stuff like that. So all of that pretty much fell on me. And uh, eventually I got resentful because I was a boy. And uh, that came out in in a way that at the time I very much regret because I I don't even know what prompted it, but I just I remember and like I said this was a couple weeks before he killed himself so cool timing I definitely if I wasn't a direct cause I was definitely uh, what is it called when you have to like reference your notes 
Like, I was in the bibliography of this dude's suicide because I remember being like, oh, yeah, well, how about we go and have a catch? What if we go for a run? Why don't we go to the mall and go for a walk? Like, just basically throwing up in his face all the stuff that he could not do and that I felt like he should be able to do. I don't know. I don't know what I thought I was going to get out of saying that to him. I continually give this excuse that I was 14, but or 13, whatever. I just, yeah, I don't know. The older I get, the more I'm like, why did I say that? But either way, so again, fast forward to we're in, he's in the hospital, can't really respond much at all, like can't even really like shake his head yes or no, but I am convinced by someone, I can't remember who, that like if I need to say anything or like, uh, basically if I need to say anything to him, I should say it. I think everyone kind of knew he was close, uh, but I think now looking back on it, I think people thought he was going to die in the hospital. Like I don't think they thought he was coming home. So I went to talk to him and I remember apologizing to him for all those things that I said. And that the only reaction that I got from him was I could see tears in his eyes. So I was like, I don't, I didn't really know what that meant. And I still don't really know. Like, I know what I could infer from that, but I don't really know what that means. Like, especially knowing my dad, he could have been mad at that moment. Like, how dare you? You finally stood up to me and this is how you repay yourself? by not doubling down or he could have been like oh my god maybe my kid's just a kid and doesn't know how to process emotions yet it's definitely somewhere in between those two so cut to my dad has to come home now because you know i imagine it's just you know the reality is it's just more expensive or it's less expensive to have him come home and have hospice take care of him uh, than it is to keep him in the hospital. And like I said, never speaks again. So, and every day they're saying, it could be a day, it could be an hour, it could be a week, it could be a month, it could be a year. Uh, in lo- the longest form possible, we have no idea. So, uh, I remember, I barely ever left. Like, I would usually come home after school and just be home. I wouldn't necessarily be in the same room he was in, but I would usually just be home. But I remember, for some reason, uh, my grandmother or my somebody, I think my grandmother was getting a new car. And so, me and her son, uh, Uncle Nick, the one that I hate, his guts forever, um, we went to go buy a car for my grandmother, or at least go look at cars, And I remember uh, getting the phone call. Like, I had the cell phone. I had my mom's cell phone. And uh, it rang, and it was my uncle, my dad's brother. And uh, he was like, hey, let me talk to your grandmother, your uncle. And I was like, no. I was like, what's going on? And uh, he told me that, you know, my dad had died. So I got an extra layer of guilt that I felt that I was like, oh, I tried to get away. And now look at that. I leave and he dies. Cool. So we go home, and uh, I got to see my dad for the second to last time. No, was it? It was based. Well, 
the basically the last time I saw my dad. I saw him one more time at the funeral, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you need to pay more to make people look normal when they're dead, but uh, whatever. The point is, is that I remember coming in the house and his, like all the machine. It was crazy because we weren't that far, but like there were had there had been all these machines. And now that I say this, I wonder if they pulled the plug on him. Did they do that? I wonder if that's the thing. Wow. Did we just find something out right now together? Did my family pull the plug on my dad and not tell me? Because what I was going to say is, is that, like, even though we weren't that far, like, I remember getting home, and, like I said, my dad, we had cleared out the living room. Like, all the couches and chairs and stuff were gone uh, to make room for this bed, this hospital bed. And there was a bunch of machines and breathing stuff and uh, just all these, all this nonsense all over the place. And I got back and all that stuff, I think it was all gone. It definitely wasn't all hooked up to him anymore. Like nothing was hooked up to him anymore. Uh, the bed was now laid flat uh, and he just had a sheet on him, like uh, like up to his chest. And I remember being able to see like... His, I remember seeing, uh, being able to see all of his ribs, even through the sheet, and his stomach was like so, uh, I don't know, just like sunken in, and uh, it was crazy. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen, and, you know, uh, they called the coroner, or whoever comes and picks up the body, and uh, I remember we were all in my parents' room. Because I guess that's what they say you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go hide away from the body until it leaves. And then when the the people showed up to get him, uh, they were like, okay, the people are here. And I got up to go out there. And they're like, no, you can't go out there. I was like, the hell you say I cannot go out there. Uh, so I watched them, you know, put him in the bag and zip him up. And it was crazy because they backed up this van. Like, you, see, I don't know if you've seen those vans, uh, but they're the vans that they put the bodies in. And I just, I don't know. It, it's weird how, like, uh, how you see it, uh, I guess, from their perspective as, like, a job. Because I remember them putting him on this gurney. They had the bag. They zipped up the bag. And then they opened the door. And they had backed up the van, like, right up to our front door. And uh, I imagine that's, it's funny because I was like, that's weird. But now that I think about it, it's probably so the neighbors weren't like, are they wheeling out? a clearly dead body, uh, but they just had this, like, you know, you've seen in the movies or maybe in real life when they, you know, fold up the legs of the gurney and put it on the ambulance or whatever. Well, all they had in this van was just some, like, railing that whenever they folded up the legs and put the gurney in there, like, you could hear it, like, lock into place, and it was just bare. Like, it just looked like there was just nothing in there. And it wasn't until a lot, because I remember as a kid thinking, like, they couldn't have, like, put some... Because it was just metal. And I was like, they couldn't have, like, put up some, like, I don't know, carpet or something. I don't know. Something to make it look like a place and not just a metal tube. Uh, but it wasn't until much later that I was like, oh, they're just doing a job. Like, I wouldn't do that for my work truck. Why would they do it for theirs? So, that was very strange. And then he drove away. And I don't really remember much else. 
except for at the funeral, I remember my my brother's godfather and godmother, Dan and Trish. I wish I could remember their last name because I would say it. Because both of them, in my opinion, are sons of bitches. Because as soon as my dad got MS uh, bad to where he couldn't really function anymore, like, Dan was my dad's best friend. Like, like I said, it was my brother's godparents. And uh, as soon as my dad got sick, I do Dipowski'd. Never saw him, never heard from him, nothing. Uh, and then he, I remember he tried to, like, say something to me about my dad, and I freaking ripped him a new one in the back of the church, or wherever we were. I don't even know where we were. Uh, but I ripped this dude a new one, enough so that my uncle, my dad's brother, had to, like, tear me away from this guy. Uh, so that was cool. And uh, I think the craziest part of all of it is I didn't, I don't know that I've ever directly cried about all of that. But I remember for years, I didn't cry about anything. Like, I didn't cry about that. I wasn't sad about it. I wasn't happy about it. I wasn't mad about it. I wasn't, I was nothing about a lot of things for a long, long time. And, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. It was a super weird time. And it's, I don't know. And whatever, you know, whatever wedge there already was, uh, between me and my mother, that was the, that was the final nail. Like we just, I've never, and that's why I say like, you know, if I don't, if anything I say seems weird about like what they've told me, uh, it's because I've, you know, so at this point in my life, I haven't talked to my mother for God, it's, it's gotta be close to 10 years, seven, eight, nine it's eight, nine, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Any questions that I might have had, like, she's alive. I could theoretically talk to her, but I have no use for it. So, and like I said, any any uh, any hope of us ever having gotten uh, to reconcile anything, I think, is over. Uh, at least from my side, it's over. I have no interest, but... That's a story for another day. Will I ever tell that story? I don't know. Probably not. This one seemed like a real bummer. So, I don't know. I feel like I said most of the things. Oh yeah, my Uncle Nick. I hated that. I hate that guy now because of his reaction to after my dad died. How long have I been talking? Too freaking long. No, we're done, man. We're done. Uh, yeah. So, what I would say is, you should probably, if something crazy like that has happened, I don't know. I can't tell you right now if this was good or not. Not good like an episode, but good to do. Uh, it seems like it's good to do. Because like I said, I mean, just talking about it out loud, I may have found out, like by accident, that they pulled the plug on my dad. Wouldn't that be nuts? I almost... I'm almost willing to break the the what is it called the standoff just to find just to ask that question, but I won't because I don't care that much because it truly doesn't matter. Uh, he was gonna die anyway, so uh, if they did pull the plug, I mean it was probably the best thing. I can tell you this: I wouldn't have wanted to live as long as he did. My, seeing my dad like that 
100% solidified me in the pull the plug immediately camp. Do not keep me alive. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to... No. Just don't. Beth, if you're listening, I love you very much. I'll always love you forever into the... Into the infinite, into the infinite, into the infinite, into the infinite. I don't know. I love you forever, but I don't know if I could do it, but please just let me, let me pass on to the next place because I don't want to be like that and I don't want you to have to deal with me like that because oof, it wasn't cool as a kid. Couldn't have been cool as a wife, so... There it is, the most bummerest podcast you could have ever asked for. So, were you asking for it? No. Did you get it? Heck yeah, you did. But the good news is, is if you would like to make yourself feel a little better, you can go to Cullah.com, C-U-L-L-A-H.com, and you can listen to some sweet tunes. And they're free. What feels better than free? Nothing. Nothing feels better than free. Especially when... You hear the kind of time and effort this man has put into his tunes. I enjoy them very much, and I think you will too. So do that. Do me that one solid. Be cool for once in your life. Uh, And that's it. Thank you for listening to that nonsense. I appreciate it very much. Keep dragging.